millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johara Tundok and Cavan. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit blackstonemotors.ie for more details. It's beginning to look a lot like Oh my God almighty, I don't believe it. Stop the lights. I'm glad that just stopped where it did there. Kira Bork, I can't believe it. Of anybody in the world. I said, that woman is seasonal. She lives life every day. She doesn't jump ahead of herself. And she Halloween's to come next. And next thing I have a look, and there it is. Christmas in Sage and Stone in Dulig. Kira, what's going on? Well, I just skip Halloween. It's not for me. It's not, it's not for my business. It's for lots of other businesses. But I just skip Halloween, go straight to the big one, straight to Christmas. And first of all, I'd like to say congratulations on your awards, Jerry. You did very well. Thanks a million. Yeah, yes. Thanks a million, Kira. We're delighted. We are truly delighted. But here, you know what? You're just the political woman I always knew you were. You had the answer. You bet me already. I just have to leave that alone now. And you've reasoned it away. No Halloween for Kira. She's straight to Christmas. I just skip straight to the big one. Like, I mean, there's no, there's no messing around. You know, I like, I just have Christmas. Because, and you see, I ordered all my Christmas gear in, in January. Right. And then, because I wanted with Brexit and all these, I wanted to make sure it was all coming in on time and whatever. I'm still getting shipments in every day. But uh, it's like, you know, winter wonderland in my new <laughs> new shop that I've just renovated in the middle of the uh, yard. So, uh, yeah, and it's flying out. And people who said, oh, I'll come back for that. It won't be there. Because, mm. you know, if it's not gone by the end of November, I'm not going to sell it. Right. So people are, that's what I wanted to ask. And I that's know that... they're buying. They're not the, buying any of my, yeah. my round, the, round the year stuff. They're buying just Christmas. My word almighty. Because, you know, I know the big multiples have been at this a few weeks now. Yeah. But when I saw you, by God, I said she's early to it. But there you are. People are getting the shopping done early. Well, you and know what, Jerry? I was asked about, I had my shop open uh, a few weeks. And when are you getting your Christmas? And when, this was like in September. Mm. And when are you getting your Christmas? And when are you getting your Christmas? So I'm like... Second hell, I said, I couldn't look at it. And I said, uh, I said, Jesus, I said, you better get that out for people. And that's all they're buying. <laughs> so people are getting organised early. And sure, now it's out of, um, you know, when is Thanksgiving? The last Thursday of, uh, that's when people are putting up, um, of November, that's when people are putting up their trees. They're definitely up by the 1st of December. I know, I know. It's, every year. it's getting earlier and earlier every year. It certainly is. Well, look at anyway, uh, you're there and it's happening and, and you're well in advance at this stage. Yeah. 74 days to go, Maggie Maguire to tells me who is a Christmas 
uh, Christmas woman here. She's the woman who monitors Christmas. She, she's even counting. You know the type of Maggie when when Christmas is just over, she's straight on counting the days down till the next, and she absolutely loves it. But there you are, seventy four days. She reminded me to to mention today when I when yeah, I was I on with say, you. Jerry, I think this this year is going to be like I think people are going to going to go a bit mad this year mm. because you know there was a lot of restrictions last year. There was you know um, restrictions on how many people you were able to have, restrictions on people travelling in from abroad. So I think this year is going to be the Christmas that um, we'll keep on giving because I think people are going to come home for the first time in a few years and I think, you know, I think it's going to be a busy one. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's a pent-up desire there to be restricted. Although they opened up last Christmas, it was closed the following day, to be honest with you. And yeah. you're right, people will be able to travel this time round. So that's for another few weeks. Anyway, hold on a minute. I want to, st- I want to, I want to, I want to ask you something. I know you congratulated us, but I want to ask you how are you because you actually got covid didn't you well yeah i got i got vaccinated in in may and i thought that's great i get the janssen uh, vaccine it's the one shot wonder whatever and then i was on holidays down in dunmore east and all my kids were half them were vaccinated and half them weren't and they were all having a great time with all these other kids and you know next thing coughs and colds started coming in and i brought a load of them home in the car and we all got it mm. And I was floored, absolutely floored for about, well, I had to quarantine for 10 days. And then I was in bed for about four of the days. I had to close the restaurant and I had just literally opened it the week before. I had to close the restaurant uh, to get everyone tested. They were all negative. So I knew it just came from my family and, you know, like the, the holiday we'd just been on down the country. And, um, but I tell you, I don't know what I would have been like without the vaccine. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, I mean, it's not just because you have the vaccine. It's just, but you know what? It was the hassle of closing down the business, getting everyone tested, getting everyone retested. Uh, and then, you know, people not knowing that, are you open, are you closed? This type of stuff that businesses have to have had to deal with, it's an absolute nightmare. Mm. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that that's it now and that we won't get another, because, you know, you have to get everyone tested. Mm. But I think now on the 22nd of October... You know, if someone came up and had it, I think they're just saying, just go home and, and get yourself sorted. Uh, you don't, I don't know what, what, what openings, I don't know if we're going to be wearing masks anymore. Like wearing masks on a day in a restaurant, walking around all day is not easy. Mm. Um, but it has been, it has been challenging um, for every restaurant. And I know lots of bars that have opened and shut and whatever. And it's, it's, it's not easy. And it's mm. not easy getting staff. Staff have been an absolute nightmare. Now, I've got my staff, most of my staff back. And then getting chefs into the into the restaurant, and then I've been you know I've been cooking myself. I've been my mother's been there helping out. Like we've had a major shortage because there is a huge appetite for people to get out again, mm. and restaurants are busier than ever. The ones that have reopened, and uh, but it's just getting the staff to fill in the gaps. And, and is this? Do you think that staff? have looked elsewhere or looked at their lives and thought, listen, because... Well, I'm, I'm actually very lucky in that I'm a daytime restaurant. Yeah. But I have, so I, I was looking for a head chef there recently and uh, I got I got some fantastic candidates okay. who, and I interviewed them all and I got some great, I have taken on somebody, he's not starting yet, but uh, he's starting next, this month. But um, I got some great candidates who all wanted a lifestyle change mm. and all wanted a daytime job. They didn't want to be working uh, night times anymore. They didn't want to be working, because I do kind of every second weekend you get off and you know, I'm kind of looking at my staff in a lifestyle type yes. of way. Like, I want everyone to be happy and have a work-life balance. Mm. And I think that all companies are going to have to go there because... But it'll, it'll mean that 
there won't be half the restaurants opened in um, in Ireland in two years' time because they won't be able to get chefs. They won't be able to get staff that work weekends. Um, you know, yeah. so it, it's a lifestyle thing, and and young people just will not do it. So COVID has sped this on and opened people's eyes up to it. By the way, you said you weren't going to do Sundays. Are you doing Sundays yes, now? Yes, 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 yes. I had to succumb, Jerry. Ah, oh, you had to. You see, like, I know you'd love to, but at times... Oh, no, I'd love to take Sundays off. I hate working mm. Sundays, but it's the busiest day of the week. Mm. And it's the maddest day of the week. And it's, you know, children everywhere. And uh, But people just want to be out. They're, they're working all week and they just want to come out. No one cooks on a Sunday, as far mm. as I No one cooks any day, as far as I can see. Mondays have become Sundays. Because the people who are working at the weekends are all coming mm. in at, during the week. You can come to me on Sundays. I'm cooking every Sunday. Anyway, if you want to treat some Sunday, I'll put you ah, on the list. Jerry, put me in the pot some I Sunday. will. I will. I will. Be either on a piece of chicken, beef or something else besides. Don't worry. I, I'll look after you and give you a break from okay. it. I promise you that. And yeah. listen, just coming back to staff and that, uh, I know at one stage you were saying that, you know, with customers back, do you find the customers have become a little more demanding since, uh, you know, the... <sighs> Yes, I have breakdown, to say, a lockdown. I have to tell people, you know, I, I've, I've said to people, you know, just relax. It's not, you know, there's no blood, you know, where, where's the blood kind of thing? Because people are, there is a high, um, there's a high anxiety out there. Um, I mean, sure, there's lots of people talking about mental health and COVID and, and the results of COVID, whatever. There's a huge anxiety. Like, I kind of maintained, I was busy during COVID. I kept myself going. I kept, you know, I live in the country, so I was able to kind of go out and meet people outside and all that kind of stuff but there's a huge anxiety out there with people who are very worried and took everything that the government said to the letter do you mm. know what I mean mm. and stayed in and literally I was meeting women who oh no I ha- this is my first time out since uh, last March mm. 12 months like and I'm going what do you know what I mean like mm. you know you haven't seen no no I've kept I've done what the government told me to do and I'm like well, the governments weren't right on everyone. I mean, you have to get out for your mental... Some of these people's mental health is going to be at risk, not COVID. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I found that they're a little bit tetchy, they're a little bit demanding, uh, they're rude to staff. Um, you know, people... And generally people uh, who are... Like, social media has gone worse. You know, like, I get, you know, tirades on social media about various things. And, you know, you just have to take it and just let it, let it go because... Um, People are just anxious about lots of things. Mm. You know, um, I just see there in the budget it's uh, uh, being announced. The minister's on his feet at the moment, and for yourself in the sector, you work the minimum wage ten fifty an hour agreed. Yeah, well, I pay more than ten fifty. Mm. Because what do you uh, make of that? It could. Do you believe it should be higher? I think it should be higher. Mm. I do think it should be higher. I mean, if you look at what the cost of living is at the minute. Now, I mean, like I've had to up my my staff's wages, all of them. I've had to pay more people coming in. But then that's going to have a a knock-on effect that I'm going to have to increase the prices of my, of what, and there's only so much you can do with that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You know, there's only so much you can charge for a breakfast. There's only so much you can charge for a lunch. So, you know, there's people going to, like, you know, but definitely the minimum wage should be at least 11, I, I think, 11, 11.50. Mm. But um, at the minute, I just think, you know, it's hard enough to, like, how are people going to get housing? How are people going to get mortgages? Mm. Um, it's impossible nowadays for young people to get a start. And unless they build houses and uh, do social and affordable houses, like, by the bucketful, you're going to have people living on their mother's couches and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of homeless if, if they don't sort it out. Mm. It's not fair. 
you know, for a whole generation. Yeah. But, you know, my, my, my daughter's in college and she's living in uh, Ranala sharing a room with another girl. And there's five of them in the house sharing and the rent is like three grand or something between them. But she's working at weekends and whatever to try and pay her rent. And like for them, like there's a lot of people who wouldn't share a room. But I said, well, if you want to live in Dublin, you're going to have to, you know, do something. But, um, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of um, hardship on young people at the minute. But at the same time, there's a lot of young people that, you know, don't want to work. That's a sweeping statement. Why do you say that? Um, because they want, you know, they they want an easy life. They're seeing a lot of social media, like whatever, they're bloggers or people who are gamers and, you know, seem like they have an easy life. And it's hard to get people. I have some fantastic people working, but I had to go out and find them through mm. people I knew. Mm. But um, a lot of people, you know, they just won't do the hours. So you, you, you think the young people think that, right, they're, you know, not everybody... Not after, after COVID. After yeah. getting a COVID payment of 350 and it went down to three, 203 for doing nothing. Uh, you know, I know people who spent the, the summer in Greece on the COVID payment. Yes, and there are people like that. And, and you have to say as well, uh, there are others, care that just needed it and spent every year of it and, and would need more to survive as well on the other hand you know what I mean there are there is that element as well and there's an element of, of what you say but come back to that point mm. you're saying that, that you know that you see somebody who uh, makes uh, a lot of money through social media and mm. their presence there that can only be made by a, a small number of people it's like celebrity it's a you know what I mean number of people. but I mean if you look at people who I mean you know I have to like my own daughters included like I don't give them money unless they work for it but uh, and then they whinge and they moan or whatever and I said I don't care I said if you don't have it you don't, you're not getting it mm. um, and uh, but like there's a lot of people and I feel that the I, I feel that there's a whole different argument but I feel that the, the leave insert is too it's too long it's too long of a time there should be a lot of people getting out to work and learning how to work at 14, 15 because it's literally too late by the time they get out of college to learn how to work Right, interesting. Because years ago, you know, we did work. We were working as soon as we could to earn a few now, bob. Now you had it's to. Like, oh, I can't. My my daughter can't work until she's she's sixteen. But there should be some um, there should be some way of you know getting people to be able to do twenty hours or thirty hours or twenty hours at maximum um, a week to do you know menial jobs to learn how to work, learn how to mm. earn your own money, and there should be availability even to community work, anything like painting walls, painting yes. fences. There could be something available for young people because there's an awful lot of people who, when they get out of college and they're suddenly looking for a job, and then these jobs aren't there because they do not know how to get them and how to work. Like, I've had mothers coming into me on a daily basis. Would you be able to give my Johnny a, a job? And Johnny doesn't know that Mammy is in, hmm. right? Johnny doesn't even want Mammy in, but Mammy wants Johnny to work. Yeah. And I said, send Johnny in himself. I'm not, t- I'm not giving Mammy a job. I said, I'm giving jo- Johnny a job. And you sh- show me Johnny. And if Johnny wants a work job, I'll give him a start. Yeah. Yeah, so you, know you think mean? you think that uh, you know we've oh, per- Molly perhaps Coddle, snowflake, yes, oh my yes. god, cosseted so them too much. Oh my god, and and like oh no, no, I wouldn't let him walk on the roads. Oh no, I wouldn't let him cross that road. Jesus, no, that's too dangerous. When are they going to learn? When are they going to learn how to do that? When they're twenty? <laughs> it's a very good point you make, and 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 you know uh, I would be guilty of it, I suppose, to an extent myself. But eventually they had to find their way, and they but you do. See, the thing about it is, mm. Jerry, is that when they're when they're expected to find their way, they're not. They don't have the tools to yes. do it. 
That's true. And then they get all anxiety. And this is where, you know, I had a young one here and she burnt herself with soup the other day. And my God, it was like the world had come down around her. Mm. And I was like, you know, my mother just after burning the leg off herself in there. And, uh, you know, she, but she's just getting on with it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, there's just the, the, the snowflake um, kids out there. And I don't care what anyone says. And people will be giving out, out yards about me and everything. But I'm telling you now, toughen your kids up. And let them be assertive, and uh, because otherwise the world is going to be a very, very uh, crazy place for them. Mm, it certainly is. I oh, know. I, I you've made, you've talked about this to us before through the years, and it's a, a valid point, may I say myself. And I, of course, you'll upset people, but listen. Sometimes the truth, uh, you know, is a little bit hard to take at times. Anyway, look. Uh, good luck to you with everything and all you're doing. And we'll be. It's been too long since we chatted. Talk to you ah, again sure, soon. Women with opinions ah. and talking to the girls and having the banter, but uh, look at—you never know. Yes, watch this space, as they say. We're getting back there, bit by bit, Kira. Are you back in the studio now. Yeah, back in. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Good, we're back good. in. So we're making progress, and bit by bit, please God, we'll be. Listen, your 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 program goes from strength to strength. Well done, and Thanks well done to Louise. She's always has her ear to the ground on all of the the news that's going on. Listen, we really do appreciate your kind words and yeah. thank you for joining us today. Always yeah, love listen, to have you on with us. Take care, Kira. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Kira Burke there, of course. Uh, a woman always with an opinion. Have you an opinion about anything Kira said there? If you want to raise anything with us, you're always welcome to do so. 086 658 is the WhatsApp or text number. If you want to call in, it's 1850 715 958. Kira Burke for President says Caroline Burke from Beliver. Great interview. I agree with everything that woman said Jerry yeah and we have um, Brendan Hughes from Navin bit of a legend around Navin is our Brendan and he said absolutely agree with that woman who's on the radio totally and kids should get out there themselves more yeah I, I think a lot of them lack the basic skills in life no don't know what hard work is you know what I mean I, I think that is that's a fact of life it, it really is you can't deny that here's another one from a listener my teenagers worked to the bone in a hotel this year they got eight euro an hour they don't get the minimum wage now do where where does the minimum wage should everyone get the minimum wage of any age from a very young age do you know that did did they say what age the teenagers were no, they don't. Does minimum wage mm-hmm. apply for... We'll check that out. We'll check yeah. that out and come back to it as well. I think you have to, to well. be over 16 mm, to work yeah, certain hours yes. and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Kira said that it. as well yeah. about the 16 age group there. But, you know, that's... Uh, you, you know something? It, 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 when I was young, I, I did a bit of part-time work on that as well. Very young. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Early teens and that. And I had an old lawnmower. I used to go around cutting gardens for people as well for a few bob. And there was no minimum wage then. But yeah, but you know, when I grew lettuce, I told you in the garden before, my sister sold it in the markets, Katrina. But I, I'm just saying to you that there was no minimum wage then and you got mm. a few, and all you wanted was a few pounds. You know what I mean? To get you along. But uh, I, I understand. I remember that, working at 70 hours a week, two pound an hour. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, And I think you have to, when you're growing up and developing and learning things and learning work and skills, you have to understand it's not all about the money at that stage. It's more about learning and getting a work ethic and maybe getting into an area that you really want to get into. I remember Eamon Doyle saying to me here, and Eamon started young at his game and look what he is now, the head of programming here. Um, 
and, and, and he mentioned to me Chris Evans. You know, Chris Evans. Mm. And look what Chris Evans is now as an example. People who, you know, would do what they did. They went in and they did everything for nothing in radio stations. Eamon told me about him. You know, Rain working in, in the day. Just delighted to get in there. Chris you Evans wrote about, about people. Yes, and it's not about the money at a young age. It's about, you know what I mean, much more than that. It really is. And Kira has a real valid point there in, in what she said. There's somebody else messaging us. How do I log in? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to log into? We're still love? trying to do that. To work <laughs> that one out. <laughs> We're trying to work that out ourselves. I don't know who that is. I don't know what you want to, try to log into. Anyway, sad news reaching us just before we came on air. Paddy Maloney, who uh, was a founder of the Chieftains, has passed away. He was eighty-three years of age, a legend of a man here in Ireland and all over the world with the Chieftains' music. And uh, let's remember Paddy today as we head towards news and weather at two with this one. It's Danny Boy. And James Galway with the Chieftains. We remember Paddy Maloney this afternoon on Late Lunch. Jerry, that lady, Kira, is absolutely correct. I was working in a hospital at 14 years of age until I got married. I remember being out at 12 years of age, helping on the farm to milk cows, gathering potatoes. She's so right. Children nowadays do not know how to work. Ashling Connolly's been in touch. Hello, Ashling. Thanks for uh, calling in to us today. She wishes Kira Burke would run this country. My oh my, she's been nominated for president and Taoiseach here this afternoon on Late Lunch. You know what? What she says resonates with so many people, including Ashling, who says every word Kira said is the truth, Jerry, especially about a young people getting COVID money for doing nothing and parents who won't let them out to work. I'm in the retail business over 30 years and my God, it's so hard to get a young person to do real work and chat to people and be lively and happy. Ashling. Good to hear from you. And so interesting, uh, your words there. We'll give you a shout. Louise will be in touch, I promise. Uh, That's so interesting to hear that from somebody who has been in business for that amount of years. And there are more saying here, here to Kira Burke as well and what she said. She always has an opinion, never afraid to express. And you know what? She's a mum. She's run a house. She's reared children. She has a business. She knows what it's about, so she does. So many times I look at decisions made in government and politically that you'd wonder were they in touch at all with real life and what we all have to go through every day. Do you ever ask yourself those questions? Anyway, we move on on Late Lunch this afternoon. And don't forget, you can always get in touch with me. 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Now, I have to say this. I get the flu jab every year. You know... I'm fully vaccinated against COVID as well and I hope to get a booster now. And I am pro-vaccine. I told you for my children and my children uh, are now pro-vaccine for their grandchildren, etc. as well. We believe in it. We believe it has made a huge difference to our lives. It saved lives. But I'm listening to people in the context of the annual flu jab this year saying, well, look, should there wasn't much flu about last year. There was virtually none. Is there any point in getting the jab this year? Well, Cathy Marr, could you respond to that one please well Jerry, how are you well, good before I do I want to say a huge congratulations to yourself and Louise 
on the radio goal that you've secured in recent weeks are just fantastic and a tribute to the work that you put in. Thank you so much for those kind words. We both appreciate it. Thank you indeed. Come on to this point now for me. I don't mean to gloss over, but I thank you for for that kindness. But you know what I'm saying? Have you heard this as well? We're hearing a bit of this and we have to remind people that whilst we had no register cases of flu last year whatsoever, we need to remember we were practising intense public health measures. We were wearing masks. We were in the lockdown and the second lockdown at this time of last year and we were practising increased social distancing, hand hygiene, all of those measures. But we have learned so much throughout the pandemic about the spread of illness and the spread of infections. And it's important that we do remember those lessons during the upcoming flu season, but we do expect much more infections to be around this season. We know as we are exiting COVID-19 restrictions, we're coming back to a much more normal way of life. It's inevitable that the rates of other illnesses will rise and we're seeing it in the pharmacy on a daily basis. Okay, so that's an important message. That's a very important message that as we open up, last year we were confined and that's the reason there was little flu because we weren't mixing, we were taking all those precautions but the, the gloves are nearly off now so it is there, flu is going to be about and people are going to get it. Who should get it, Cathy? Absolutely, like it's available in all pharmacies that are participating this year and actually there's 1,600 pharmacies participating in flu vaccines this year which is up more than 600 on on last year and the year before. It's phenomenal. But what we want is vaccines are now available in pharmacies that were delivered at the end of September and in their GP surgeries. They're free to children, pregnant women and anyone at an at-risk group. And what we often get asked are, how do I know if I'm in an at-risk group? You can call the pharmacy, you can call the doctor, you can check on the HSE website. But just to quickly give you a kind of an, a gloss over of who is at risk, anyone over the age of 65, anyone between 10 and 64 with a chronic illness. So we would define a chronic illness as a, a long-term condition that requires a regular follow-up or check. Anyone who's immunocompromised, so whether they take a medicine that suppresses their or dampens down their immune system or whether their disease or their illness causes their immune system to be dampened down or, or um, suppressed. Um, all cancer patients, regardless of what stage of their cancer journey they're at, they must get the flu vaccine. Pregnant women and all children aged 2 to 17. Now, I'm the parent of a couple of teenagers and they were delighted when I told them this year that they don't have to have the needle, that actually this year the flu vaccine for all children up to the age of 17 is a nasal spray. Mm. And that's great because some children are, and understandably, and even adults for that fact, are queasy about the needle when the needle is produced. Jeez, I'm like a pincushion myself. Mm. It doesn't bother me at this stage. You're the first one to say that to me today. I am, Cathy, honestly. uh, But, you know, it it is great to hear that. And, And you're saying that children between the ages of 2 and 17 should get this. Absolutely. Children, especially younger children, are at risk of complications from flu. But what's more is they carry the flu virus in their system for longer than adults do. So if you and I are exposed to the flu virus and if we've had our vaccine, we might not develop full flu, full influenza, but we can carry that flu virus and shed that virus for up to about seven days. Children, particularly younger children, can shed that virus for maybe 10 to 11 days. So it's really important because they could spread that around to vulnerable people around them. So it could be granny, granddad or other people. So it's really important that the flu vaccine protects children from the flu, but it also protects vulnerable people around them. So like like the grannies and the granddads. Mm. Pregnancy is a thing that, you know, people are concerned about the, uh, the baby that's on the way. No hesitancy at any stage of pregnancy? Absolutely not. And actually, it's really important because that's a high risk category. Um, what can happen if someone is exposed to pregnant to flu 
early on in pregnancy or at any point, it can cause serious illness but also be life-threatening for pregnant women. Complications can also lead to pneumonia, bronchitis, but actually flu infection during pregnancy increases the risk of miscarriage at earlier stage, premature birth and at stillbirth at late pregnancy. So the flu vaccine is safe and highly recommended for pregnant women at any stage of the vaccine. What about if you're breastfeeding? Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. No reason not to. Completely safe. One thing to point out to you this year, Jerry, there's actually three vaccines available this year. And I know some people have asked, what's the difference? So there is the regular flu vaccine that is recommended for all people. Um, there's the flu ends, a tetranasal spray, as I said, is recommended for the age 2 to 17. But for anyone over 65, there's an additional vaccine. It's called an adjuvant quadrivalent and that just has an extra ingredient in it just an extra chemical that actually helps adjuvant it's a substance that helps generate a greater broader and longer immune response so that actually helps the vaccine be a little bit more effective in those over 65s so it's a natural oil that's in the flu the adjuvant qiv the adjuvant vaccine for older people and that is natural oil that's found in humans and plants and that just helps that vaccine be more effective in people who are highest at risk over 65. When you get the jab, there are a few little things to look out for. Maybe you talk through those there like I'm talking about the, the point where you get it in the arm, perhaps in the 24 the 48 hours after. What should you expect perhaps? Absolutely. Well, what you will expect and it's, we, we split side effects into very common, common, uncommon and rare. And what are very common side effects and that would mean it would happen in more than 1 in 10 people. Pain at the injection site. So usually um the injection would be given on your non-dominant arm. So if you're left-handed, it'll go into the right arm. If you're right-handed, it'll go into the left arm. Because if the arm is feeling a bit tired or sore or deadened, 24, 48 hours later, you don't want it to be your dominant arm. And I would often find that I might have forgotten I've had the vaccine and the next day I'd be thinking, oh, did I pull a muscle? What have I done to myself? And then I remember it's the vaccine. You can have experienced symptoms of fatigue, um, headache, that can happen fairly commonly in more than 1 in 10 people. Less common but still common side effects can be bruising, redness, inflammation around that injection site and then flu-like symptoms can occur. Now remember that the vaccine is actually trying to prompt antibodies in your system to help your body fight the flu vaccine, to fight, fight the flu virus when you see it. So that's fine if you're getting these symptoms because that's your body's response, your immune response is kicking in. So when you do become in contact with the flu virus in the weeks and months ahead, your body already already remembers how to fight that. So that is fine. Very often the argument that we've been given or people would say, oh, I don't want to get the flu vaccine because sure, that gives me the flu and I, I'm not going to feel like that again. But it doesn't. It's just either part of the side effects or you've been unfortunate enough to come into contact with another virus in the meantime. Some people may get a slight temperature, some people may get tummy upset, but that will settle. And no conflict between the flu jab and the COVID vaccinations at all? None, absolutely none whatsoever. And that is another question we've been asked a lot. Is it safe to have them administered at the same time? And you mentioned the word booster earlier on. We know that the over 80s have been actually recommended when they get their flu jab to get the COVID booster at the same time. So absolutely fine. Is it safe to go and into a doctor's surgery or into pharmacy because we're still in a pandemic to receive my flu vaccine? Absolutely, it's safe. There is no problem. And what we're saying is the only way that we're going to try and prevent, the most effective way to prevent getting the flu and spreading the flu in the community is actually have the vaccination. So we're asking people to have their vaccination early on, particularly those in the at-risk groups. 
I'm perfectly healthy, take a scenario like this, in my late 20s, 30s, early 40s, never been sick, uh, do I need to get the jab? They don't necessarily need to, they're not in the at-risk group, so they're not someone that we're urging to get it straight away. They also wouldn't, if there's no risk factors whatsoever, they wouldn't qualify for the HSE's free vaccine, Mm. but there is a private vaccine that has been supplied by another manufacturer, and if someone chooses to have the flu vaccine because they'd prefer to minimise their risk, of um, catching flu and being unwell with flu, absolutely, that is available. It's available in pharmacies and doctors. So there's no reason not to have it, mm. but they're not in the at-risk group. So they just won't say where there'll probably be a charge with the GP or with the pharmacist. Uh, an appointment, best to ring up yourselves or all the, you mentioned the amount of pharmacies around the country that are uh, operational on the flu programme this year. Give them a ring, make an appointment. Absolutely, it will be. Well, most places will be an appointment-based service, particularly as pharmacies are still delivering dose, well, dose one, but mainly dose two of COVID vaccines. So that's what we find actually from when earlier on today, I think I was going into, I think 1st of November was the date that I was booking people in because people are booking early, which is great to see. Um, book early, you'll have your appointment and there you go. It's important to get it, folks. I'm getting mine on Friday. Cathy, as usual, you're a mine of information. Thank you for joining us today. Take care. That's uh, Cathy Marr there from Haven Pharmacy in the league. 041 982 if you want to give them a shout there or your local pharmacy to get the jab. As I say, I am getting mine. Better to be safe than sorry. If you're a smoker, €15 Euro for a pack of cigarettes just been announced. It's not worth it. Chuck them. Give it up. Uh, free contraception for 17 to 25-year-olds. The 100% Christmas bonus is confirmed as well. Just some of the uh, big announcements coming from budget. Uh, don't forget our news will carry more about the budget and of course Michael Reid in the morning will be analysing the ins and outs of what's been announced today. Make sure to join him tomorrow morning. Now, if you remember yesterday on the show, I had a great old chat, uh, top of the show yesterday, with two wonderful women, Kathleen Black and Eilish uh, Matthews, both women who had children in their 40s. Well, I have another lady on the line with me today who contacted us yesterday and she fascinated us with her message and she is a lady who had uh, children in her 40s and she's on the line. I'd say hello this afternoon to Mary Murphy. Hello, Mary. Hello, how are you? I'm really good. Thank you for taking our call today. I really do appreciate it. What age were you, Mary, when you had your first child? Uh, 19. 19 years of age. And how many children did you go on to have? 14. Mary, hold on a minute. Say that to me again. Did you say 14? I said 14. Oh, what a family. 14 children. And what age were you when you had the last one? Almost 46. Wow, what a sweeping age from 19 to 46 and number 14 arrived. How many boys and girls? Seven of each. And they're all alive and well and hail. All alive and well. Hail and hearty. Hail and hearty. Now, you're a woman who can tell me from experience. Look, when you're 19, you're a young one, you have your first. I'm sure that was an experience. Do you still remember your first baby? Indeed, I do. Yes. <laughs> was it a was it a it tough time? We come for me a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, from 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 having a baby herself now, right? 
And, and but from having a, a child at nineteen, when when you're that young, then moving on those years. Well, in those years, it wasn't a big considered young because a lot of people got married at eighteen and nineteen. Yes. If you went over twenty-four, you were told you were on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Mary, if you're forty-four now, you're still in the in the market. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> What a difference it is. Uh, so, but what I'm trying to get the point, 19 you had your first and then you go around those years and number 14 at 46. Yeah. Was it tough having a child and it was number 14 at 46 compared to the first one at 19? Not at all. Not a bother to you? Not a bother. And I had plenty of help then. The others were nearly grown up. Yeah. Had you any twins in that 14? No, no twins. Tried so hard but never worked out. All individual children? Yes. So by the time number 14 arrived at 46, uh, the first one was gone about their business from that. There was a couple of them married and had children themselves at that time. Was there? Yeah. So you now had children that... He had five nieces and nephews. Yes. (laughs) My oh my. Yeah, that's such an unusual scenario that you have a baby and that your child is having a baby at the same time and they're around the same age. Yes, one, he has one... My my eldest daughter, she had a baby. Mm. And I think it was the ten or eleven days after him. Right. And, yeah. And then I had another daughter, and she'd once nine days older than him. Yeah. So you had grandchildren uh, around the same age as children of yours. Yes. It's a strange. It's a strange yeah, thing. And isn't I have great grandchildren older than my grandchildren. <laughs> I think I'm going to have you on as my riddle on Friday this week because I'm finding it hard to figure that one out even myself as I sit here talking to you but my oh my yes I see what you're saying as well but look at 14 uh, 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 I'm sure the house was mad was it at mad Um, no we lived with my parents we had nine children when we moved out of my parents house so you had you had your parents as well yeah we lived we lived with them after we got married and uh, we lived with them. We had nine children when we moved from their house. Hey, Mary Morphy. And we used to be fascinated with the Waltons on television. <laughs> and we had yourself and your crew right on our doorstep here in the North East. Yeah. Huh? And then we bought a prefab and that wasn't big enough. So my husband got home. He was working in the airport that time. And mm. had a few packing cases and made another room or two over them. We lived in that and we eventually got a yeah. house and... We lived down in Rivermead in St. Margaret's and he ran a little shop down there and we did that for over 30 years and then we retired and yeah. back in the little cottage again. So, you, so now I'm on my own. Ah, oh, you're <laughs> living outside Ashbourne at the uh, moment. Yeah, it's between Ashbourne and Thingness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you what your husband did bar bear children, you know, but you've told <laughs> no, me. I didn't bear them, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, listen, you're too quick for me altogether, I have to, have to yeah, say. No, he, he worked, well, first he worked on the land, then he was working yeah. at building. Yeah. Then he was in the airport for a good few years, mm. and he took retirement out of that, and he opened up a little grocery shop. Yes. And we'd done that for over 30 years, and then we retired. Mm. His health wasn't getting good that time. And, and Mary, you're on your own, you're back to square one by yourself. On my own. I was never on my own before that because I was always with my parents and brothers and sisters. Things and yeah. it was a big family of us as well. So, mm. and has your husband passed on? He died. He'd be two years dead now. Ah, what was January his name? He died on my 80th birthday. Ah, yeah. What was his name, Mary? Michael. Michael. Ah, we remember him today, and he died when you were eighty. And tell me this now, from a 
a fun-filled, busy, packed house coming and going to today. Are you content with yourself? You know what I mean? That you're now on your own. Yeah, well, I say I'm on my own, but like the family, I still a lot of them live around and they're yeah. in and out. They're good friends and neighbours. Yeah. I keep going. I run a dancing club in St. Margaret's every Wednesday night and <laughs> we do all the Cayley dancing and that's so That gets us around the country as well. <laughs> and you're you're 82 year, years young I'll at the minute. I'm 82 in January, yeah. Ah, good woman yourself. And tell us, what's the secret to, you know, managing a big family, living a long life and, and you know, dancing and doing all yeah, you do? What's the secret? Take every day as it comes and do what has to be done. Yes. If you have time, if you happen, leave it after the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't panic. Don't sweat. Don't the... panic. Don't no. Don't worry about that. Don't worry, Michelle. <laughs> Never worry. <laughs> oh, you're a fantastic lady. How many grandchildren and great-grandchildren have you? I've, I've only 34 grandchildren. Only? And I have 14 great-grandchildren and hopefully by the end of the month to be 15. There you are. <laughs> it's a big clan. Only I laugh the way you say only because you know the size of families today, you know, know. one or two children <laughs> is... Two children. Yes, yes, is the, <laughs> is the average, really. Were you out of step, you know, with 14 from your neighbours and the area? Were there other big families or were you the biggest? Uh, there was, no, ours was, I think, the biggest at that time. Yeah. But, um, no, there, there was, like, you'd get eight or nine, maybe ten... Yes. One woman tried to beat me, but she didn't. She got tortured. I got tortured. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hold the whip hand. You still have the biggest number at 14. And they all, I'm sure, love you and adore you and keep your company as well. I love to come around when I'm a good Uber. <laughs> <laughs> and you can always wave goodbye to them as well. Anyway, you're a fantastic lady. And thank you for joining you. us to tell us your story from 19, 19 the first baby to 46, yeah. the final one, and 14 in the well Mary just for you today I have a little song for you and I hope you like it because it's Mr Frank Sinatra and this is for you Mary lovely thank you very much God bless you bye bye not at all well you know body till somebody loves you so find yourself somebody to love Yes, that is not the man I mentioned, Frank Sinatra, for sure. As soon as the voice played, I knew it. It's on our system here as Frank Sinatra. But it's an error because that is Mr. Dean Martin. It is. That's Dean Martin there. Somebody uh, to love uh, this afternoon on Late Lunch. For Mary Murphy, that wonderful lady, mum of 14 children and all those grandchildren and great-grandchildren who had her first baby at 19 and her last at 46, told me a story there a few moments ago. That is Dean Martin for Mary this afternoon because I know she's loved by so, so many people. We'll have to get that fixed up there. There you go. You see that? Just a little mistake. We'll just rectify it shortly. That's uh, for sure. Now, what else was I to say to you? Um, 16 is early uh, for boys and girls to work as the pension age is increasing in a few years and will probably increase again when they are in their 40s and 50s. It's not so easy for students to combine studying and work as well, Jerry says Antoinette. Thanks for your comment, Antoinette. Up next on Late Lunch, after the break, we're heading for the garden with Nikki Kyle. 
have to say I spent Sunday in the garden I couldn't do much the week before and I had to get in and catch up and it was absolutely beautiful and the weather's gorgeous this week as well and there's still lots to be done in the vegetable garden yes she is Ireland's foremost organic gardener she's based in the Nolan County Dublin and she's a great friend of ours on Late Lunch one of our precious regulars and I'm delighted to say hello again to Nikki Kyle hello Nikki <laughs> Jerry, nice to know I'm precious. Oh, absolutely, you are. You are very precious to us. Well, look at Nikki, there's still plenty to do. Let's talk about a few tasks before we get into other matters. Garlic, talk to me about garlic. Good time to sow. Oh gosh, yeah, it's a very good time to plant garlic cloves now. Now always, as, as you know, we've said for the last couple of months, plant the biggest cloves from the outside of the bulbs um, because they'll produce the biggest bulbs eventually next year. Um, and plant it about six inches, 15 centimetres apart, uh, four inches, um, 10 centimetres deep. And the sooner you plant it, the bigger it will be when you harvest it next year. Um, I've planted lots this year and I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm also planting it between things. You know, I might sort of plant out a, a couple of rows of winter lettuce and then plant garlic in between because when you've finished picking the lettuces, then, you know, you can actually uh, let the garlic, uh, it'll just grow up in between. It won't take any room. Mm. It won't crowd it. Um, and you can keep uh, keep it growing. And so when you finish the lettuce, um, then plant something else in between or just keep, the, keep it weed-free then because the lettuce will actually keep the weeds down between the garlic. Um, so it's a good way to do it. And it means you're using the ground all the time, which is good for soil as well. And it's important that it gets cold weather, isn't it? Well, it is, yes. It doesn't like to be too warm. Now's a really good time to plant it. Um, and, you know, it, it needs good drainage, though. It doesn't need to be soaked. And I hope you're going to have another try this year. Jerry. Oh, I've given up. Oh, no, don't give up. <laughs> Never give up on your garlic. <laughs> it's too good. Nikki, Wonderful. would I give up on you, Nikki? Never, <laughs> ever. No, I will try again. Give us a couple of varieties that you like. Well, I love Morado, which I've mentioned before. It's thoroughly reliable. It's a deep purple, very pungent variety. Um, but, you know, Fruit Hill Farm have loads of wonderful varieties on their website. Um, and there's about a dozen there, uh, ranging from everything like the strongest, which I like, to the sort of milder ones. Um, and, and one or two that you, you don't have to plant until spring. But it's actually much better to plant all garlic now. And there's a good choice. And, and there are some available in garden centres, but they won't be organically grown and they could bring in disease, as I've mentioned before. Mm. OK, so that's the garlic. Still yeah. plenty of time. You mentioned the lettuce there. Still time to put in some salad mixes? Oh, well, loads of salad mixes. I wouldn't possibly um, uh, sow lettuce now. Um, maybe if you can get some in right now, some winter types uh, before the end of the month. There's a very good list, I shouldn't say very good, uh, on my website, a list of seeds to sow, and there's loads of stuff. Um, and probably oriental salad leaves are better now because they're very, very fast. Um, and uh, also, while I'm on the subject, uh, Fruit Hill Farm also do a lot of um, seeds for sprouting and microgreens, um, particularly pea sprouts, um, mm. pea shoots, which I'm growing now this year in a big tub. Mm. So I can take several harvests off it before letting them grow up and possibly produce peas next spring. What about broad beans? Too early for broad beans. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. They need cold as well. Um, and really, probably, if you if you want to sow them, uh, I would sow them inside, possibly, um, you know, in November. But I, I've given up on broad beans outside in November because they always get miserable weather and they rot. And, you know, and actually any that you plant in pots in the spring and plant out will actually grow much faster and give a bigger crop. Well, there's a good tip. Put them in the pots in November and hold them over then till the spring. I was tidying up the weekend last of my tomatoes, but I have to say, mascotka are still... Still producing good oh. 
They're wonderful, aren't they? I've yes. still got a few as well. Uh, but very the, the ones that, that uh, got left from any animals that were sort of after them, like birds and mice and things, um, and they've suddenly give up, given up on those. But no, they've done actually really well. It's an incredible tomato. Um, but uh, if, if you've got any green ones left or any sort of look as if they might ripen, pick them all now uh, so that you can clear up the plants. Um, pick them all now, put them on a tray and bring them into the house somewhere. It doesn't need to be too warm, but they will gradually ripen on a tray. Mm. They won't taste quite as good, but they're still very well worth having. Yes. Um, and then clear up all the plants, take out any diseased uh, sort of uh, stuff as well while you're clearing up, um, you know, tomato plants, things like that, um, because you don't want to leave anything around that's going to go sort of mouldy mm. or, or nasty over the winter, and, and because that'll sort of carry disease over until next year. So clear anything like that up or together and but, would you compost nikki even tomatoes that have maybe had a touch of blight or things like that uh, i wouldn't really compost things with blight on okay um, but sometimes you know you can think it's blight and it might be something else yes but it, unless your compost heap gets very very hot mm. or you have a, a compost bin like a plastic bin or something um i i would just put those in the brown bin and get rid of them because okay. otherwise you're just carrying disease over to next year. Right. You know, you yeah. need to get a compost heap very hot to kill disease. Mm, mm. Now, ventilation on the one hand and protecting against frost, it's going to be a challenge on both fronts over the coming weeks as the first frosts appear. Talk to me about both. Well, ventilation really is vitally important, particularly if you've got crops in the greenhouse or polytunnel at this time of year, because damp air tends to build up uh, and it gets sort of stagnant and it'll cause moulds and diseases and things like that. But just even if you open for a couple of, couple of hours or an hour every day, just to get a bit of a breeze through, a bit of air circulation, uh, and that will actually keep the atmosphere good. And then don't water now. There's no need to, unless you're only just planting stuff. I'm just planting salads this week, some, some uh, late lettuce and stuff I've got in pots. Um, and I'm watering them in, but I won't water them again once, once they've actually got established uh, mm. because that actually makes the atmosphere more damp, you know. Yes. Uh, and while we are actually on the subject of tidying up, can I just mention that it's a good idea to leave, um, you know, some sort of bits and pieces around the greenhouse or outside of the garden to help nature over winter because, you know, biodiversity, uh, a.k.a. nature, is disappearing everywhere and it's really important. To, you know, it needs our help and we can all do something. We don't have to leave it to governments and NGOs to look after biodiversity. We can do something. You know, if we just leave piles of logs, sticks and leaves in a corner somewhere uh, to provide habitat for hedgehogs, frogs and insects, and actually a great fun project for, for the Halloween weekend holidays to get the kids to collect stuff to make an insect hotel somewhere. Mm. Somewhere nice and sheltered in the garden. You know, you can be really imaginative. This you can fill something like filling up the spaces in a pallet with a or, or a box with anything from piles of bricks, stones, yes. bits of pipe, logs, twigs, straw, anything that provides shelter and a dry, protected space for, for bees, beetles, and insects. Because, as you know yourself, bees are so important. Mm. Uh, I mean, beetles and insects are the basis of the whole food chain. Mm. They keep everything going. Without them, nothing else can survive. So we can all help with biodiversity. Yeah, Just and, come. And winter flowers yeah. uh, in, in your greenhouse or, or polytunnel because they don't just they're not just good for insects they cheer us up as well mm. Mm. and what, what 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 are you talking about winter flowers what, what? oh gosh there's loads of you know I think there's lots of things like winter flowering wallflowers at the moment and winter yeah. flowering pansies um even some sort of small winter flowering shrubs like mahonia and things like that, just bring them inside for the winter and put them out again in the spring, you mm, know. Mm. And, and they look very pretty. They cheer us up. They have a wonderful scent and they're terrific for insects. I mean, things like 
non-hibernating bumblebees, for instance, uh, come out on mild days in the winter. And if they know there's some some plants for them in your greenhouse or polytom, they'll keep coming back to them all the time because they learn. They're very clever. They learn where they are and and they don't waste energy trying to find them anywhere else. Mm. Just back to Maskatka, should I harvest all those at the moment, red and green, the whole lot? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Harvest them, okay. Apart from anything else, with the cold weather, the the flavour goes completely. Okay, okay. If you bring them all in, put them on a tray, mix up, doesn't matter, just just take them off the tray as they ripen. Yeah. And they will gradually ripen. Mm, mm. And um, the, uh, the uh, fleece, f- frost, yes, a little bit of fleece over things help? Yeah, well, not a, a, unless there's a frost forecast. Yes. Because you must take it off during the day. Yes. Otherwise it gets damp. And again, it stops air circulation and, and you know, you get mm. disease and things. But make sure you've got some on hand, even just a little bit for frost protection. Yeah. Or if the worst comes to the worst, if you haven't and there's going to be a frost, just you know, leave a pile of newspapers somewhere that you can sort of grab quickly if you think there's going to be a frost yes. and just cover things, Any, anything that sort of protects Any, Anything like that. Yeah. Um, now, Ava, our Ava, my assistant, uh, gardener, uh, I sent you a picture today of her and she is thrilled. I'll tell the listeners the little story. Miriam was eating an orange yeah. some weeks ago and I think it was a mandarin actually at the time and Ava yeah. saw the pips and she says... Gang gang, as she says to me, I'm going to plant one of those. So we went out to the greenhouse, got the pot, put it in. And Nikki, I thought, well, 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 lo and behold, the little orange is, you saw the picture, it's growing. Yeah. And you know what? There's very good. I did that years ago. Oh, God, it must be 35 years ago. Um, I grew and I actually had what was known as a polyembryonic pip, which means instead of one seedling inside, it produced three so two were exactly as if you'd taken the cuffing off the plant. Wow. Um, and one was a true seedling. But you know, with mandarins in particular, there's a very good chance that in uh, maybe five or six years that might produce fruit. Oh, fantastic. So listen, just to ask you, for the winter, it's in the greenhouse. Do I need it to bring it in and put it on the window ledge? Uh, yes, but keep it dryish. Oh, dryish. Okay. Oh, no, don't yeah, don't overwater. Overwatering kills citrus faster than anything, particularly tap water. Okay. They're, they're actually acid-loving plants like rhododendrons, and they like rainwater. Right. Um, so a tiny little bit of rainwater. Don't let it dry out completely. Yeah. But don't overwater it because that will definitely kill it. Good tip there. Well, she's thrilled, I have to say, because it was her idea. And this is what you say about children. You know, building the bee hotels, encouraging oh, yeah. them, getting a pot. This is what we should be showing them and teaching absolutely, them. Absolutely. And, and apart from anything else, you know. Building a bee hotel or building an insect hotel is a hell of a lot cheaper than buying them video games and things, isn't it? Ah, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Listen, quick minute before we go. UN Biodiversity Conference happening as we speak. Yeah, it, it's it's very important. I mean, it's you know, scientists from um, the, the Natural History Museum in London have been sort of came out with a study which warned everybody that basically biodiversity, i.e., nature, which we've just been talking about, is disappearing everywhere. It's down at about seventy-five percent globally, whereas it should be above ninety percent, uh, and we're in trouble. You know, and if it disappears gradually, it, the whole thing is a chain. You know, you take one piece out, you take another piece out, and the chain weakens. If you take too many pieces out, the whole chain collapses. And that's in danger of doing that now. So it, 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 and even though you think that, you know, it should be up to governments and people to do stuff, it's up to each one of us. We can all do something, you know, uh, and we can all help it to survive. But doing things like just not using peat. And if you don't have a garden, then buying some organic produce helps too. It's terribly important. 
It is all really, really important. No, and we're we gonna... can't live without it, Jerry. No, we can't. There will be no future for mankind if we don't take action and take action now. One woman who does, follow her. NikkiKyleGardening.com This is the woman to follow. Nikki, until the next time, take care of yourself. Lovely to talk to you as usual. Thanks, Jerry. You're very welcome. God bless you. Bye-bye. That's Bye. Nikki Kyle there. Wonderful, wonderful woman. That's lovely, isn't it? Ed Sheeran there and Afterglow on your late lunch this afternoon. Those rates of pay, Louise, you've checked them out. We were talking about them earlier on in the context of young people working on the minimum wage. Yeah, from what I can see, um, if you're aged under 18, Mm. you earn roughly about €7 an hour. Aged 18 then goes up to €8, €19, €9, and then finally the national minimum wage, age 20 and over, is €10. 20, which I think has just gone up 30 cent in the budget, yes. so 10 yeah. 50. Yeah, so those are the rates. Somebody was saying their children worked for eight euro, they are the rates that apply. So they might, might have gotten <clears throat> the minimum wage. Mm. And uh, I mentioned earlier 20 cigarettes, 15 euro packet yeah, now. Wow. But listen, uh, uh, have you noticed the pr- price of fuel, petrol and diesel? Every day you've gone to the pumps the last week, 10 days, there's a rise in the price. Now, that, that rise is due to the price of the barrel of oil probably going up and other factors in the world. But the government now have just lobbed, if you put 60 litre of diesel in your car from midnight, it's €1.48 more for that fill. 60 litre of petrol, €1.28 more from midnight for that fill. So up it goes again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And where does this end? I do not know. I do not know, honestly. Like, it is really, really now expensive and becoming more expensive. Will we get to the electric? You know, will the full electric, the hybrid? They're not really, you know, they're taking it with taxes, but they're not giving anything, any incentives mm. or anything. No, but, and, and you know, you, you get a little bit, it, look at it, a budget is like moving the deck chairs. On, yeah, that's all they're doing. On, on, the, on the deck of a ship, so it is. That's, that's really all I've ever seen with budgets. It's never been anything of a giveaway. You take with one hand and, and give with the other. The bill of oil has gone up as well from yeah. January, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. You look at all that is going up. Price of gas increasing. Jesus, we'll be wrapped in blankets in the houses all winter, so we will we'll be able to plan the heat. <laughs> Nothing new to me there, Ooh. then. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, Louise does that anyway, as the lagging jacket from the <laughs> tank rounder in the house. Anyway, Michelle was in touch from the dog to say she had her first baby at 16. She had another at 19, 22, 35 and then 41. And she celebrated her 47th birthday last week. Happy birthday to you, Michelle. And she just so enjoyed listening to Mary Murphy this lovely. afternoon. Yeah. I was just thinking about that woman. I should have asked her anyway. Imagine washing for 14 of them. Clothes. Mm. <laughs> Bad time. Or the Terry Nappies. Feeding I'm sure them. she had oh, to Oh my God. We'll have to go back on that one as well. Yeah. I should have mentioned that one. But you're looking. We had limited time and I got what I could in and what I was thinking about. But it's an interesting one indeed. Keep your messages coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call into the show uh, this afternoon. Was there anything else I'm miss- missing there? Oh, yeah, more support. Kira Burke, more support for Kira. I have to say. Loved what she said to us at the top of the show. Anyway, news, weather and sport on the way. Then my artist of the week, Horse Lips, and we'll be talking about volunteering. After the international break, Premier League football is back this weekend and you can listen on the LMFM app or clicking on the uh, by clicking on the Listen t- tab on lmfm.ie. That's our website there. First up, Watford, Liverpool, half 12. Three o'clock, Southampton take on Leeds. 
Well, it's Brentford against Chelsea. London Derby, the evening game at half past five. Premier League live with Now. Stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership. It's there for you right now. Horselips, they're my artists of the week. And, you know, Horselips were hands-on when it came to designing their album covers, sleeve notes and researching the subjects for their songs. 1974 saw the boys release Dance Hall's Sweethearts, great album, which was followed by the less successful but appropriately named in the circumstances Unfortunate Cup of Tea. In 75, though, they got back on track with Drive the Cold Winter Away, while the next one, The Book of Invasions, a Celtic symphony in 76, was their only ever album to chart on the UK album charts. In 77, they then released Aliens, and on the back of this album, they toured extensively in the UK, Germany, Canada, and they tried to break America as well. They did a lot of gigs over in the USA. Interestingly, here's one for you. They blew the roof off the Royal Albert Hall in London on that tour. A gig still regarded to this day as one of the loudest ever at the iconic venues, in the iconic venues, distinguished history. Short Stories and Tall Tales followed in 79. That would be the final studio album. Unfortunately, it was received but like a lead balloon by the critics. But the end, yes, it was nigh for horse slips. But more about that and on tomorrow. I'll talk more about that. Today, it's back to 1974 and this one. The King of the Fairies. Yes, horse lips and king of the fairies on your late lunch this afternoon. And I continue the horse lips story in words and song tomorrow round about this time on late lunch. In so many aspects of life, we'd be totally lost without volunteers. Wonderful people who give of their time for nothing for the love of it. And volunteers in the Wee County, County Louth, are going to be recognised again this year. The Loud Volunteer Leader Awards are back and they're expanded this year. A couple of new categories being added to the existing three. And to tell me more, I'm joined by Loud Volunteer Centre Manager, Grania Beryl. Hello, Grania again. Hello, Jerry. Great to talk to you again. Thank you. And lovely to have you with us on the show. Second year of the awards. Tremendous response last year. And just remind us of the three winners last time round. Yeah, absolutely. We had a massive response. I think I was saying to you, Jerry, we had five times as many uh, nominations as we expected. So that was amazing. Just goes to show you the wonderful work that goes on in our community. So our three award winners last year, I, I, winner is probably the wrong word because it's mm. not like it's a competition. Yes. Awardees. Yes. Um, in the south of the county, we had the inimitable Anne Short of the Drahada, sorry, the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland, Drahada mm. Branch. Mm. Um, they're nearing completion of their, their building there. And due to no small part to and marshalling of hundreds of volunteers over the years. Yes. 
and we had in the middle of the county we have Mary Marta of Dromisk and Tidy Towns but also of Loud Tidy Towns together and we got some amazing um, nominations in relation to everybody who was nominated we got fantastic uh, nominating details but people are very much talking about her being the you know the, the, the cog that turns the wheel of Tidy Towns in County yes. Loud you know the way she, she coordinates all the volunteers across the county um, and is a volunteer herself of course as well and then our North Loud winner was Hattie Billingham and Hattie um, coordinates the volunteers Volunteers in a number of areas of SOSAD, uh, probably familiar with the organisation yes. SOSAD, um, um, but she specifically set up a new text messaging service which is delivered by volunteers and it means people have access to supports more readily and more easily, um, which is obviously so important for our community, particularly, mm. you know, with mental health. And we're actually in Mental Health Week at the moment, so it's probably, um, well, it was Mental Health, World Mental Health Day on Sunday, so a lot yeah. of organisations are kind of doing stuff this week, so it's probably worth mentioning um, how important it is, that how much volunteers' impact is on mental health supports in our community. Yes. And the reason, three, the reason I ask you, sorry, uh, to go to Gross, uh, yeah. to mention those, is to give examples of the three women and what they do. So to context, the type of people and nominations you're looking for this year, similar? Exactly. Oh, you know, there's a broad breadth of people, but I suppose they were all nominated based on the area they were located, yes. which is our three awards again. So North, South and Mid Loud. Um, but this year we have two new awards. One is a youth award. So this is around people who lead young people who are volunteers. And, mm. you know, there's a broad spectrum of people we can think of you know cadets you know in the order of Malta we can think of scouts groups we can think of you know there's lots of places where yes. people are organising young people to get involved in their community and to do stuff you said earlier there um, giving their time freely for the, for the love of it you mm. know yeah. and if we could start people young get them for their life you know yes. so we're, we're looking for nominations for people who are really good at marshalling and organising young people to be okay. volunteers and they could be teachers you know there's all sorts of people who do that yes. kind of activity um, and then the other new award is hopefully we're coming to the end of this but you know mm. COVID mm. in the COVID period some people were absolutely phenomenal there were people who volunteered and gave the time and did such great work in the community but there were also people in the background organising those volunteers okay there were people who maybe um, engaged with, brought new volunteers, set up a new organisation, new volunteers doing new activities in the community. Perhaps it could be people who just stayed connected with their volunteers during COVID. So a lot of people had to stop their volunteering during COVID, you know. Mm. And there was the things that they did to support volunteers in that time. Um, we know, like, our, you know, there are many, many organisations that did an awful lot of extra activity. So perhaps it was the, the, the person who organised everybody to do the shopping trips or the person who organised people to do the collecting of medication, like, as lots of volunteers did, particularly at the beginning of last year. But all through, there's still people doing that. I mean, not everybody, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody's back on track in terms of getting out and about. And so there are some, still some people being supported by volunteers. Um, could it be somebody who organised um, befriending calls, make yes. sure there were volunteers on the line to make befriending calls to, to people in our community during the difficult times of COVID? Um, there's all sorts, you know, yes. but it's really about that person who made sure things were in place for volunteers to do that yes. wonderful work in the community. So it is leaders we're looking for. So the three categories as of last year, Adrata South Loud, Mid Loud and Dundalk North Loud. So three volunteer leaders, one in each of those areas will be recognised. A leader of young volunteers and an outstanding volunteer leader during the COVID-19 crisis. They're the Egg. categories. 
Exactly, exactly. And I should note that absolutely everybody who is nominated gets a thank you card and a yeah. certificate and is invited to a breakfast event on the 5th of November, all going well mm. with the world. Um, so, you know, people really love getting that thank you card and, not, and the certificate last year. I know we got wonderful feedback from people who got it last year just to know that somebody else thought of them. So, you know, whoever in your community that you see, you know, that, that's doing that kind of good activity, is it the person who makes sure that... Um, there are bags and litter picks for the, you know, for the, the pick that it doesn't have to be tidy towns in your local yes. community and your residence association or whatever it might be like that. Is it somebody who makes sure that the, the um, hall is unlocked and that there's tea and coffee on for the stewards at a football match? Do you know, mm. there's all sorts of things. So, so I know outstanding, we're absolutely looking for an outstanding leaders, but at the same time, we want to recognise everybody who does that bit in the community. So yeah. feel, feel free to nominate people. They'll get their thank you card and their certificate, you know, and, and they'll get that recognition no matter what, and they'll get their invitation to the breakfast event. And if you happen to be one of the five, I have to say they're just beautiful. Sarah McKenna, a ceramic artist oh, in yeah. Dundalk, the awards themselves, they're just to behold. They're lovely, aren't they? They are, and we specially commissioned them as well mm. for this. So um, last year's winners were just thrilled all together. And just to say that we, over the next few nights on our Facebook, all our social media, we have interviews with last year's winners. If anybody wants to have a look at Volunteer Loud, that's all of our social media. It's, it's We're Volunteer Loud across all channels. Um, and they were so blown away by them. But this year's will be a new one. You mm. know, So each year it's, it's yes. different and unique to you in the sense yeah, yeah. of you've won this. You know, It's the 2021 Loud Volunteer Leader Award and they are gorgeous, you're right, and, and she, her work is beautiful. Like. Yes, and that's uh, in recognition that they are unique and one-off and exactly. they will be that person's who, whoever are lucky enough to be named as uh, one of the five uh, in the uh, various categories that I mentioned a moment ago. Now, the key thing is this. How do people, you know, make submissions? What's the closing date? So this day week, so it's the 19th of October is the closing date. So get the submissions in quick. <laughs> and then the, they go, people can go to our website, which is volunteerloud.ie. And there's a big banner they, could, they can click on on the website. And there's an application form. It's not overly complicated. If anybody struggles with the online, they can give us a call at 041-980-9008. And we can, you know, facilitate an yeah. alternative way for applying. But the easiest thing is just to go to volunteerloud.ie. Click on the banner there for the Loud Volunteer Leader Awards and there's a wee form then to be filled in there. And I have a little job to do for you again this year, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so Jerry's one of our fabulous judges. We have three independent judges, if anybody's thinking of uh, giving us a buzz and, you know, trying to get get it across the line. But no, and we really do appreciate Jerry giving your time as a volunteer for that as well. But um, it is lovely, actually, to see Mm. the the nominations coming in and the lovely things people say about those who give in our community. And it's really striking, all three of the volunteer leaders from last year, the, the, the people, the award all said they didn't think of themselves as yes. a volunteer leader and they were so blown away by it mm. you know like that other people saw what they were doing and the support they were given you know and it was just really nice it was really heartwarming for us to see as well yeah great and uh, I'll be joined by Amy Woods and Mary Deary and uh, we have the task of uh, trying to pick five from the many many entries that will be submitted Mary thank you for joining me wish everybody well 
Brilliant, Jerry. Thanks a million for having us on. Not at all. You're very <laughs> welcome. Take care. Take care. That's Grania Beryl there. Uh, Grania Beryl, manager of Louth Volunteer Centre. And get your entries in by next week. Volunteerloud.ie this day week. Tomorrow on Late Lunch, Gail McAvoy will be with us, as is our want every year. The budget in laywoman's terms. Salty Sea Sisters are here too. And we have a feature on thrombosis, which is an issue a lot of people have to deal with in life. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio and do join us for your midweek late lunch from 1.30 Wednesday. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Drada and Talking Cabin. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. With over 300 cars to choose from, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars in Drada and Talking Cabin. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie for more details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.